Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. So yeah, this... Welcome, one and all, to our 20th episode, very exciting, of the Degenerates Clubhouse. I keep wanting to say social club. Uh, For... Everybody playing along at home, this, this might be a fun episode because I, for, I think every episode we've co- recorded the podcast, I've had a, a sort of splint on my lower jaw, but I was used to speaking with it um, after several months, and they just put a new one in, which occasionally uh, makes me speak like a 12-year-old who just got a retainer in, uh, particularly with F words. I want it wants to be a lisp. It's like, it's like a 12-year-old Daffy Duck. I can't speak properly. So... I'm going to try to speak normally, and occasionally I think we're just going to have some Daffy Duck moments, and we're going to see how that works out. So everyone listening at home, uh, if you can count all those moments, you're going to win a big prize, Wait, whoever writes on. in. Don't make, don't, um, hold we, on, you can't make promises. We were, the last episode, we said we were going to have a big guest on our 20th episode, and right. are, we, we've, already, we've already fucked that up. We don't have anybody, we don't have a, a guest. Oh no, we did. I didn't tell you. They're coming at the end oh, of the episode. Okay. <laughs> it's it, it's it's like a surprise. Here's the thing: they're actually like surprisingly high oh. profile, like, and it was really hard to get them. So they're they're going to to zoom uh-huh. in, uh, do a zoom call in. Um, somebody famous, you'll all know them, but they they could only they could only t- uh, take 15 minutes. So they're going to be the last 15 minutes of the episode, and you guys will be shocked when you find out who it is. I can't tell you right now. Surprise for the end of the episode. Stay tuned. Um, so before before we get to our blockbuster guest, which is really going to sort of change the profile of this podcast and really everyone's lives who are listening to it in general, uh, let's let's just talk about some of the some of the smaller stuff like. Uh, you know, we we had holiday weekends, friends, family, Thanksgiving. How how did that kind of stuff go for you? Yeah, so that we Aaron and I, before we started recording, you know, I asked. Well, I, let me ask you again. So this time we're on we're on air and we're recording. I guess on air. We're not on air. Uh, like growing up, how you celebrated Thanksgivings and and then when you moved away, you lived off on your own. You didn't. It wasn't the same. So how how was this year's Thanksgiving diff- any different for you than than uh, previous years? Uh, well, so for, first, I never had a, like a set Thanksgiving after high school. Uh, high school, you know, it would usually be uh, my parents and I, and then three or four people who just didn't have any place to go. That you know, either for my parents' work or something like that. But it wasn't really the biggest holiday for us. And then um, every Thanksgiving after that w- was. Pretty pretty different. Uh, the the biggest difference for this Thanksgiving, though, is as I told you in the, the last episode, my mom broke her ankle, um, so she was not down in the kitchen doing any cooking. And this this was more of a uh, a, a microwave Thanksgiving for us than uh, a gourmet one. I mean, it was mostly just like, all right, we're gonna microwave some sort of Thanksgiving esque mm. food, and um, you know, my mom. It, we, had to make the the trek down from the second story to the first story so she could sit at the the dining room table and that that was sort of the 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 most monumental part of it for us was that I don't think my mom had been um, f- had left the second story of her house for like a couple of weeks oh yeah yeah 
Oh, that's not true. She she had to, she she she'd gone for some doctor's appointments, but recreationally, she had not left for a couple of weeks. So, you know, we, we had a a, a semi dinner at the dining room table. It's a very nice dining room, but nothing too exciting. What about you? So this so this year, this, this so we're uh, most of our most of my family, most of my extended family, like cousins, aunts, uncles. We we're we're Latin American. We're Mexican American. Most of us. So. We we usually have like like big or bigger gatherings, right? We usually get uh two, three different households under one roof. It used to be we'd get so we'd get everybody under the seventy, like eighty people. When we when when we were kids, when we were growing up, when when I I'm, when I say when we were kids, and I was like I don't know eight, nine, ten years old, it was literally like six or seven households under one. So yes, it was like sixty, seventy people in it, one house. It, it is. It is funny because I was trying to pick an absurdly high number no. to exaggerate, and I was like, "Wait, this, these are Mexican households." No. Like, hold on, no. <laughs> yeah, that's what's. So it's it's for you for you white folk, it might seem strange, but for for me growing up, uh, well, let's put it this way: like on on my mom's side, my family is, um, she's one of uh, six siblings, and each each yeah. one of the siblings has I don't know three four. Some of them have five kids. So again, growing up when mm-hmm. we were, I was always one of the older ones. So when we did have like Christmases or Thanksgivings, like, and there were five, six households under the same roof, there was yeah. 60, 70 okay. people running around if you count the kids. Um, so, so if I was trying to make that joke and pick a number that actually would be absurdly high, how, how high would I have to go where that would actually make sense? Like you, you always want to embellish to make it funny. So you, so you right. say like a hundred or two hundred or something like that. I guess. I think I think we might have to go like like several sure. hundred. Like, yeah, yeah. So so it's like yeah, you know, we, you know, we sometimes we'd have six or seven households. And you're like, oh, so, so what is that? Like like eight nine hundred people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking more on the couple or three hundreds, but yeah, you want to go, you, you want to go crazy, go eight nine hundred, yeah. It's true, but it's true. It's true. We we have quick tangent. We we used to have, um, you know, when we when we were still doing semi annual or annual like big function family things. I'm not exact. I'm not. This is no exaggeration. We would have family show up at shifts. Like it wasn't a planned. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't an organized. Like hey, you come at eight to nine, and then you. It was just like people would come in waves and leave, and it'd be like an all day thing. But we would we would literally have like a hundred, hundred fifty people show up throughout the course of the day, right? Not everyone shows up at once. Um, but anyway, go back, going back on topic. So that that was like our Thanksgivings traditionally are were five, six households. When we were growing up, and then as we got older, it kind of got smaller and smaller. So so most recently, it's usually like two or three households that we get together, and you know my mom mm-hmm. makes turkey, ham, the whole nonsense. Um, Okay, so so actually that was a question I had is is the Thanksgiving fair in, in like like a, a Latin Thanksgiving is is the food the same <laughs> or are there any like special dishes? No, so it, well, no, you're 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 joking because I, I've I've had a bunch of different Thanksgivings in different places and there are some pretty big differences depending yeah. on where you have it. So I was wondering if if that was no, different no, at all. It, it it is it is it is usually like. Uh, you know, big turkey, ham, 
mashed potatoes, you know, a green bean casserole, that kind of deal, usually. But that we have had some unusual years. <laughs> I'll give you an example. A couple years back, uh, I guess my mom didn't really feel like cooking or I don't know. She still made some stuff. She still made some dishes. And then uh, kind of like last minute, she invited, you know, a different household. And then she invited a third household. And before you knew it, everyone was like, yes, we're there. So like not even, I guess, not even wanting to plan it this way, it turned out to be a much bigger deal than my mom even thought it was going to be. So she was in mm-hmm. a panic. So this, so that that particular year, I <laughs> I drove to like the nearest like uh, uh, Chinese fast food takeout place and I got like one of them big old pans of like orange chicken and a big old thing of like fried rice and chow mein. So it ended up being like, that Thanksgiving was like turkey, ham, chicken chow mein you know <laughs> so it's like a a weird mixture i think he, i think someone even want brought like little caesar's pizzas in so it was like what you thought it was like a it was like a plethora of just random shit Got but it. uh but this year again that traditionally two three households lately but how how it was different this year most uniquely this year was that because of, i think because of covid and the whole Gavin or Newsom saying, you know, try to keep it under whatever number of household. Wait, 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 who? Newsom? No, I, I swear to God, you said Gavin or Newsom. I think I, you know what? I think I did. <laughs> I did. I meant to say that governor. Is, that's that, his name that's is, not a bad name, Gavin or Newsom. Well, you know, his name is, isn't Gavin and he's the governor. So I think it can, it did probably come out as one word, governor. Gavin or Newsom, uh, you know, he some whatever he he was a uh, strict lockdown rules and all this bullshit celebrating. Well, sort of, yeah, kind of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so, and I, I don't want to go too far off tangent, but that that's when we're like, I I am especially annoyed with a lot of politicians. The same thing just happened in Denver over th- for Thanksgiving with the mayor. Um, I, I am more supportive of some of these lockdowns where I, I, I don't think we should have had to have them in the first place, but I understand the position a lot of these politicians are in where it's like they don't have, you know, e- even even Gavin Newsom, who governor. is governor of, of yeah, sorry, the governor, yeah. um, the governator, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, you know, California's got a lot more money than a lot of states, but he can't, he can't set up an international supply chain, you know, f- for different countries like he, there's a lot of things he can't he cannot do and if you're a governor or particularly a mayor where you've got really no budget to speak of um to, to deal with something like this and you've got medical experts saying wow like this is going to be really bad in two weeks like we have to stop this or you know the emergency rooms are going to be overrun and you know e- even people who aren't covid positive aren't going to be able to get treatment like this is going to be a disaster and then they get stuck in in a situation where it's like they don't have the resources to to deal with it outside of saying okay we're going to lock stuff you know things down okay we're going to close businesses cuz that that's free yeah. for the federal government fucks it fucks us over but like i get the predicament they're in that being said these politicians, these motherfuckers, <laughs> the uh, these uh, you know, do as I say, not as I yes, do. Yes, sons yes. of bitches. I have no sympathy for, and you know, Gavin Newsom was uh, was one of them, the Gavinator, where he's like, yeah, yeah lockdowns don't you know, don't. The, fr- frankly.
technically eating with a mask on where you like pick the mask up and you try to slip it under. That's also a little bit ridiculous. If, if, if the place is that crowded where you need to do that, then just buy the food and take it out. Like this is a stupid rule. Gavin Newsom has a lot of stupid rules. Um, but this motherfucker was going to gatherings and like, you know, uh, I don't know if I think one was a political dinner. He was like up in Napa, and the same thing. The, the mayor of Denver, uh, a tweet went out from his account saying, "Don't travel for Thanksgiving. Stay away from you know airports and bus stations." And then like somebody worked out that tweet went out thirty minutes before he got on a flight to I think it was like Mississippi or something to go <laughs> to go have Thanksgiving with family. I was like, guys, like yeah. you, you, you. There's been so many problems of politicians not leading by example if you're gonna say this stuff you gotta do it yourself fuck all of yeah. you and it's frustrating that that and you I, I wouldn't be surprised if if these these rules affected your thanksgiving so it pisses me off when um when they say this stuff and they don't do it i've got sympathy for them trying trying to do their best with limited resources and you know and resorting to lockdowns like i understand where they're coming from from that but when it comes to telling people they can't go out and then them going out, they can go fuck themselves yeah, on a, a, a couple dry, of, dry, old, splintery broomstick. A couple of things about uh, the governor. Um, you know, he, whatever, he set out these mandates a couple of weeks back, like in, in, in anticipation yes. of the holidays. And all stuff. So he said these things a, a couple of months back, a couple of weeks back. And immediately, um, I know like uh, Riverside County, I know Orange County did this. I'm sure a couple other major counties out here in Southern California, like these are from the police departments of those counties, mm-hmm. put out these news bulletins saying, "Hey, I know Governor Newsom said this, 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 and this, 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 you know, but we are not going to respond to any COVID-related calls. So if you're going to call on your neighbor and rat them out and saying, oh, my neighbor's got 40 people back there, come and arrest these motherfuckers or ticket them or whatever.'" The cops were just not going to, they weren't just not going to enforce anything Gavin Newsom said. So I think, I think he was more on people to kind of, you know, uh, be on their best behavior. And I, I think, well, like we did, you know, we, we, we certainly, we were, we abided by the rules, but it was unintentional. It was just kind of, it was one of those off years anyways, because of COVID and, and everything. Uh, yeah. That, that was the first thing. Second thing was, um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so so someone made fun of uh, 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 Gaviner. He uh, I guess sat this pa- this past Saturday was like Small Business Saturday or some shit, right? And Gaviner's tweet goes out on Saturday saying, "Hey, support your small businesses. Don't forget to yeah. shop sm- uh, small. You know, blah blah blah." And and all the fucking hate he got from Twitter, like, "Hey, motherfucker, did you forget?" You shut all these places down, so I thought that was kind of funny how he was trying to be yeah. Mister Politician in support of small business. But again, this this is one of the the things where it, not not every state and every city would have the you, you couldn't have a uniform set of kind of regulations for this stuff for every single state because. Just, just the geography, the population, everything in Los Angeles is going to be completely different than Denver versus, you know, a small town in the Midwest, etc. But like, there, there needed to be some basic guidelines, and 
I, you know, I, th- I think, again, the one from California where I was just sort of like smacking my head was the whole thing about shutting down beaches where like you couldn't go to the beach. I was like, what? If you understand how the virus is transmitted and if you're like 20 feet away from people, you're fine. You should be encouraging people to get outside yeah. and 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 just say, hey, you really have to stay far away from people and maybe enforce that. But like this whole like you can't you can't go outside. You just have to stay in, inside your house. It's, it just isn't an option for a lot of people. Like maybe a week you could do that. Maybe two weeks particular if they actually could have gotten you know, stimulus checks out in time, but like doing this over and over again for a prolonged period of time, like that wasn't, that wasn't the option that, that our country could handle. So it's like, you got to figure out ways outside of that. And again, it's, it's tough because like I said, he's got limited resources. He can't, he, there's so many people that come in and out of California and Los Angeles in particular, that what he, even if everybody in Los Angeles was doing everything perfect with COVID and not and and you know they were, but they weren't in a lockdown, you're gonna have all these people coming from other states and other countries spreading the disease, and so it's not an isolated incident. Yeah. That being said, I just these these rules that don't make sense really frustrate me. Throws on me. So I'm hoping that your audio is still recorded. Whatever it is you say. Yeah, I'm still going. Okay. Um, Another way this year. So last year, we, our family again. We 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 are a pretty big family. And on my mom's side, traditionally, we had this thing going for like fifteen years or so, maybe longer, where all the guys, uh, cousins and uncles on my mom's side of the family, we'd get together, we'd play a game of football in the morning, like eight nine in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it it was funny because we would always play like the old guys against the young guys. We'd figure out whatever what the the middle or the median age was, and then divide the group in two. And like year after year, the young kids would just fuck us up because they're just faster. The old guys get gassed, you know. Um, we had this game going for like I'm not exaggerating, 15 years running back to back to back to back. Last year, for whatever reason, I think it's because it was really really rainy. There was like some crazy storm or whatever. Uh, the week of Thanksgiving, the day, the day of, the morning, the morning before, and the night after Thanksgiving, it was just so rainy that we're like, you know what, we're gonna cancel. Or we used to call it Turkey Bowl. We're gonna cancel Turkey Bowl this year. Um, there's no point mm-hmm. in playing in mud, and, and it's just it's still raining. We're, we're just gonna cancel it. This year with COVID, I think, um, and no one even brought it up. You know, um, we're all, yeah, we're all getting older too. It used to be the younger guys were like still in high school or maybe like junior high. So like it used to be like junior high high schoolers against guys in their 30s and 40s, you know, and so it was still kind of athletically competitive, but the older right. the older we we get um it just seems to be like the all all of our bodies are getting deter- like deteriorated and we're just like, "Yeah, this year we're not playing turkey bowl." No one even brought it up. Uh so yeah, that that was another thing that was different this year than other years. I don't know if it was because of COVID. I can't quite say it was because of covid but i'm sure it had something to do with it um but yeah i was here it's it's quiet my my sis my brother i'm sorry my brother's girlfriend's vegan um so that was you know she comes over and we want to accommodate my mom wants to accommodate she wants to make some vegan dishes for her but this year she she brought over her own vegan fare and we we still made the turkey the ham <laughs> my dad burnt the ham that was kind of funny uh, but yeah. Well, so it, it, it sounds like, uh, 
on, on both of our sides, this was not a great Thanksgiving. I think probably a lot of people were in the same boat. Just out of curiosity, is, is there one Thanksgiving in particular you can remember that really stood out as like, wow, that was a, a great Thanksgiving? Um, yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't too long ago. Um, for me, I guess the one, the, the most recent memorable one that sticks out for me is. My nephew must have been, uh, I don't know, five, six years old, you know, just kind of getting grasp on, uh, on communication and language, uh, four five, six years old. And my niece was whatever, how old, seven, eight years old. And, um, kids were still in their pajamas. So, so they were still for the most part, kind of babies, baby talking. And, uh, I'd gotten hammered, hammered the night before. Uh, off of who knows what. Next morning we wake up. I'm still hurting. The kids are running around the pajamas, and I I whipped out my uh my cell phone and I recorded them like like a videoed them. I was like, hey, Justin, what's your favorite part of uh, Thanksgiving? No, I'm sorry. Let me rewind. I asked my niece first. I go, Sarah, what's 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 your favorite part of Thanksgiving? And she's like, um, turkey. Like in a little innocent, cherubic little girl voice. And then, uh, and then I asked my nephew the same question. I just wait, wait. Let, let me let me play, let me play the part of Sarah. Ask me what was. What, what? <laughs> no, because you're gonna say turkey or something stupid. Uh, so then I asked uh, my nephew. I, I was gonna do a really, really absurdly deep voice. No, no, no. That, <laughs> no don't do that. So, so little, little Sarah. You, you just, you're just so cute and angelic. What's your favorite part of Thanksgiving? Turkey. No, 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 it wasn't like that. Don't ruin my, don't ruin my goddamn good. I, I was just gonna insert that into your memories. So don't do that. You think about that? She goes, turkey. I asked my nephew the same thing, and his response, Uncle Armando, I love turkey. His response was like, "Oh, little breads." He's always been a, a high, high carb intake kid. He's gonna have worse okay. guts than me for sure. I, I think that was most recently one of the mo- more memorable ones, only because the kids were still. Young and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Is it fucked up that my my? I guess I yeah I gotta call it my favorite Thanksgiving is one where I was not with my family. No, <laughs> so, no, that happens. I mean, what what was? Okay, and it's I don't I don't have anything against my family. It's not like because some people just detest being around their family. They're like, you know, there's there's personality issues and everything like that. It's not even that. It was just. Um, you know, some, sometimes you you enjoy something more when it is unexpected. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and when yeah, when I was coaching, I just I did not have the money to fly back to. Uh, well, I should say when I was an assistant coach, I didn't have the money to fly back for Thanksgiving because it's tough, right? Like you have to fly back for Thanksgiving, and I'd have to come back right after, yeah. and then you know in a few weeks go back again for Christmas because I always did go back for the Christmas holiday and. Um, so, yeah, when I was an assistant, usually my Thanksgivings, I, I would just, you know, everyone would sort of like take off and either go home or, you know, there's some people that would live at the, the colleges, you know, not live at the colleges, but in the town, the college that I was working at was in. And so I would just like be by myself. And my mom used to send me like she'd send me like 20 bucks and I would just go to Boston Market nice. and just just, you know, get all the Boston Market, you know, at least it was like a big meal that I didn't have to pay for. I'm like, OK, whatever. Yeah. But it was it, Thanksgiving. 
just chilling on a couch, pick, you know, picking out on Boston Market. And then I remember this for the first time I got a, a Thanksgiving invitation from the head athletic trainer at the college I was working at, Mr. Uh, James Garfield, who's actually, I think he was like the great, great grandson of President Garfield, oh, okay. like President of the United States. Wow. He was he was part of that lineage. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I'd, I'd been over to his house a couple of times. The first, I remember the first time I went over, somehow, uh, and, and it's hilarious. This is an older guy. He was, he was I think, probably like mid-40s at that point, And we were- like older dick. We were still- <laughs> Well, yeah, no, but than, than us because we were still late twenties gotcha. then. Um, and I remember like he had us over for I don't even remember what we were supposed to be doing there. And I remember it the whole night like like finished with us raiding his his son's Nerf gun collection and then having this giant Nerf fight like th- through his whole house. Wait, I, you skipped and something he, real quick. So you got invited. How many? You say we? Who else is we? So it's you. Uh, and the head coach uh, at the school. Okay, gotcha. Um, and I, I'm skipping. I, I just I'm just remembering this all of a sudden because yeah, this was the first time I'd been over to, to his house. We had this giant Nerf fight where it was like the whole house, and and we we left. There was just like those little Nerf darts everywhere, just <laughs> everywhere in his house. And the next day, he he comes and tells us he's like, oh my god, my son. What was his son's name? It was like EJ or CJ. He's like, he was so mad at us because he woke up. And there's just, you know, he could see the the chaos and carnage of this Nerf fight. He's like, Dad, why didn't you wake me up? I wanted to be in the Nerf fight. <laughs> so I was like, I was friendly with him. But, I, you know, this was like a formal Thanksgiving dinner. I'm like, oh, d- dinner at the, the, the Garfields. Like, this is going to be cool. And then separately, after that, my, my friend John, who was the head track and field coach um, at the college, also invited me over. Same for and, same Thanksgiving? Same Thanksgiving. Okay. And I was like, and I'd already said yes to James uh, Garfield. And then I, w- I also said yes to John. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, like, I, w- I will go to both of these. And, and uh, J- John's, it was a very, very different sort of vibe. Uh, J- John was a giant black man uh, for, who grew up in Kentucky. And his wife. Uh, Wait, his last a, name was Black a, Man or he was a black man? He, 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 okay. It's confusing. His last name was Blackwell, John Blackwell. Okay. And he is a giant black man. Oh, okay. okay he, sure. he was, he was, he was an African American male. Gotcha. Of a rather large stature. He was a, a D1 offensive lineman at LSU. Gotcha. Gotcha. And he was also a track uh, coach, you said. Yes. He was a head track and field coach. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and his, his wife was from Philadelphia. And all of her family was were she coming a large from black f- woman. Uh, she wasn't. I mean, she, <laughs> she she was. I'm trying to think how to put it. She 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 was thick, a little, little thick to be sure. She wasn't like six feet tall though. Oh, okay, you know, like she yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I liked. I really liked his wife. She she was she was a uh, she she had that like Philadelphia like sense of sense of humor where she would just take the piss out of you like yeah. like it. It was second nature, and I think that's why he wanted me there because her whole family was coming from Philadelphia to Cleveland for Thanksgiving. Gotcha. And John was going to be like, "Fuck, like all all her Philadelphia relatives are about to be in my house for Thanksgiving. I need backup." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. You so being, I was like, "You God, being I, from Philadelphia, can kind of roll with the punches better." I th- 
And I even I think he just wanted that. That was a happy accident that I was going to be a little bit used to that sort of sense of humor. And, and uh, but he just he just needed someone to like go hide in a corner with when when they were giving him shit. Understood. So, um, and I just remember. So I went to both. I went. I went and, and ate at the the uh, the Garfields. It was like a very traditional, like sort of midwestern, you know, turkey and stuffing, and and it's just sort of all the um, all all the usual suspects in Thanksgiving food. Very good food. I mean, they they obviously you know were meticulous about you know cooking and everything. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's you know that was the best Thanksgiving meal I had in a while. And then I told it was funny because you know. Uh, they 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 all knew who who John was and I so they had no problems. I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta leave. Like John's, you know, in laws are coming. I gotta go back him up. And they're like, oh, that's that's hilarious. Like, go ahead. You know, they weren't they weren't yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. offended so or anything after, like that. After a giant Nerf war and food, you the, went to the, the, the Nerf war had been had been months ago. Oh, um, okay, different. That was on a separate occasion. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I, I I was just remembering that as I was talking about the th- you gotcha. know the Thanksgiving dinner. Um, but so it's like I eat like a, a good meal. I was trying to save a little bit because I'm like I gotta I gotta have, you know I, I learned from uh, that time I went over to one of your relatives way back then. You know, certain families will get really offended if you don't eat their food. Yeah. So I was like I gotta I gotta be ready to to really show my full appreciation for you know um, West West Philadelphia Thanksgiving food. I'm like I'm ready for this. I was born ready. This is my time. Two Thanksgiving dinners one day. This is what my stomach has been training for all these years. We can do it. And and I go over and I just remember being like, okay, one, this food is amazing. It's like nothing I've ever had um, in terms of Thanksgiving food, but it's like, it was like perfect. And I'm trying to remember. I mean, they, they had like regular turkey. I, I don't want to be stereotypical. I feel like they also had fried chicken. Um, they definitely had like... They definitely. Well, I just never. I I I've had plenty of fried chicken in my day. Never during Thanksgiving. Right. I'm like, that's a pleasant surprise. Like, cause yeah, turkey's usually not the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, depending on how it's prepared, they had ridiculously good mac and cheese. Um, and the one that like like blew my mind was like they had. What the hell was it? It was like banana bread pudding. Oh shit! That sounds. And I was like, holy crap! This is amazing. Like, so. It was basically me, just me and John, like trying to like hide in a corner from his in-laws, just putting away this Thanksgiving food while you know his, his wife and, and her relatives like made everything. I'm like, this is the best Thanksgiving ever. Like, I got to go to like a nice fancy Thanksgiving dinner at the uh, great grandson of a, a, a you know a president of the United States, and then same freaking you know an hour later, I'm sitting at one of my good friends' house. Eating this incredible, like incredible but different than I've ever had Thanksgiving food, and now I'm eating a giant bowl of bread pudding, and I think the part that they appreciated most is like I was like geeking out about the bread, the banana bread pudding. Yeah, I was because I'd never had it. I'm like, oh my god, this is the most amazing. Like I was, I was fully authentically enthusiastic, like like running around telling them all like, damn, this is the best pudding I've ever had. I love pudding. This is so good. Did, oh my God. Like did, this is the best Thanksgiving. Like did you West Philadelphia bread pudding represent. <laughs> did you not suffer at all during that day? Like food coma at all? Like just having eaten so much that you just got to take a nap, got to fall asleep. Cause it happens to me. You know, Go ahead. Well, so this is, this is what I'm saying. 
it, this this it's probably a normal person would have, but you know, like like super marathon runners who run those hundred mile marathons, uh-huh. you'd ask them like, well, wouldn't you get tired? Wouldn't you have to stop? And they're like, no. Because I've been training my whole life for this. I put in hundreds of miles of road work. Like, I've done the prep. Like, you know, sure, a normal person would have passed out after 10 miles. But I keep going for 100. And I was like one of those super marathon runners. I was I was well prepared. I, I had done the all-you-can-eat uh, IHOP pancakes where I put 20 pancakes away. I've been training for years for just a moment like that. So when it came, the opportunity presented itself, I was ready. Yeah, that happens here because we tend to overeat. Like like a few years back, I specifically recall eating like when I say a plate, I mean a like you just imagine a, I don't know, eight, ten inch plate, and the thing had like it was a mound of food on it. So it wasn't like a flat plate of food, it was like a mound. So I remember eating that giant plate of food of everything you can imagine on the mm-hmm. table, taking like a 10, 15 minute break, and then getting another plate that's at at least the yep. same size woofing that shit down and then topping it off with like i don't know a slice of pumpkin pie slice of whatever other else pie carrot cake i don't know what other pies we had and then food coma sets in and i'm asleep for like fucking four or five hours this year that didn't happen this year i ate like a modest size plate stopped eating and then uh i'd been i'd been invited by another cousin to go over to their place to go watch the afternoon football games and play poker and stuff so i i didn't I didn't overstuff. I didn't have food coma happen this year. Typically, I do. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't even. So both of us have some uh, some tummy troubles, digestive issues, mm-hmm. what have you. And like, I, I think from not eating as much, and then particularly just doing like all the the liquid diets, I feel like my stomach is shrank. Yeah, same here. Because it used to be, you know, I could eat a, a a giant plate and I still wouldn't feel completely full. Now, like, I eat like a, a not even really that much, and I feel like um, I'm just overfull. So, yeah. you know, maybe maybe, maybe that'll I'll change. I, I oh, what is going on? I don't know. Uh, no, I just got a, a thing. I think I think the the connection problems are on my end because um, I, I just got a message on my computer saying that there was no internet. So I don't I don't know I don't know what's going on with the Wi-Fi here. Um, Hopefully that my phone just switches to the data. Anyhow, so so here, here here's the, the good news. Um, I think there were probably uh, millions of people around the country that had singularly shitty Thanksgivings because of COVID and, and people just trying to be safe and smart. And I, you know, I, I saw so many messages online of people saying like, "Yeah, I want to go see my family. I also don't want to kill my grandma." Yeah. So. Yeah. We're just going to lay low. Um, but the good news is I, I think, you know, a, a, a year from now, when next Thanksgiving r- rolls around, all signs point to we're going to have m- things a lot more under control and people can probably have a normal Thanksgiving. I, COVID is never going to be gone. I don't think it's yeah. just because of the nature of the virus. It's not like um, It's not like smallpox or polio where you can just completely eradicate it. But there were announcements of two vaccines uh, on the horizon. One, which when I actually read all the information about the vaccine, I'm like, well, this is going to be kind of useless. I don't really think this is going to help us. But the second one was really promising. And um, 
And did, so did, did you, is this, is this sort of, I know I, I told you a little bit about them so before we started I'm, recording, I'm, but like, ju- you know, the same with politics, you know, and, and, and since basically since being locked down, a lot of the news to me is like the same shit over and over and over again, 24 So I get, I don't watch, I don't watch like CBS, NBC, Fox, MS. Oh, I don't watch any news at all. Like here and there I'll get small clips uh clips from somebody posting it on facebook or whatever or my dad will have tv running in the background i might listen in but i i get <laughs> i get sometimes i get more of my news from you when i ask you these questions on our podcast like i knew there okay. was a vaccine i didn't know that there was two vaccines well there's there's three actually okay. right now um so let me let me try to give you the the highlights real quick um oh by the way i i also i don't ever watch cable news or even really tell any television news. Cause like you said, cable news is the worst because usually there's about five hours of news that they have to string along for 24 hours. So you're just, you are literally hearing the same shit over and over again. Um, but the vaccine, this is a big one. Um, you know, it, because usually it can take years and years to develop a vaccine. You know, this has all been on fast forward. Um, and again, it really had nothing to do with, Politics or any of the politicians, I'm, I'm sure they're all going to want to claim uh, some sort of credit for it. But this was one where this is pharmaceutical companies. You know, Pfizer was one. Moderna was the second. I forget the one over in England. But they were just like, all right, all, all resources to this because we're going to make a shitload of money if we can be the first one to come out with it. Um, so the first the first company that, that announced the vaccine was Pfizer. And they said in their trial it was 90% effective. And, you know, they, they thought they're going to be able to have like 20 million doses ready by the end of the year. Um, so there's a couple things. Well, not a couple things. There's a lot of things that are that are can be misleading when, when companies come out with this announcement. It's like so for one, when they say it's 90 percent of effective, what does that mean? Does it mean that 90 percent of the people in the trial aren't going to contract it at all, no matter what? Do, you know, does it mean that 90% of the time you come into contact with someone with COVID, you're not going to get it, but the other 10% of the time you would? Like, there's a lot of ways that 60, these pharmaceutical six, companies six can fuck with data. Is it like What's is that? it like the Sex Panther equivalent of a vaccine? It's like 60% of the time, it works every time. Well, that 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 is a, a little bit stranger of a manipulation of data, but it would be like... It's like 90% of the time you don't die except for the other 10% of the time that you do. It's like, well, that's not, that's not real helpful. Like if, if you're, if you still, you still just die 10% of the time, like that's not a great vaccine. And the Pfizer one separate from the data, the problem was, um, they, it had to be refrigerated at these, like, I can't remember what it was. It was like minus 80 below, like ridiculously cold and uh there just aren't that many of these like super cold freezers out there so it's great that you have a vaccine that works like regardless of how effective it is but if you can't transport it around the country because it has to be super frozen and then once it gets to you know a pharmacy they don't have these like super cold deep freezers so if they can't store it like that doesn't do a whole lot of good right? right then Moderna, I think like a week later, came out with a, a vaccine that was also supposed to be 
90 to 95% effective. And they said, okay, it can just be stored. I think for, they said it was like up to, it could be, it could be stored for months in a regular freezer. And then it could be, it was good for like, I think four to six weeks in just a refrigerator, which like, that's great. I'm like, oh, you could actually just right. you know, distribute yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the, one the one negative for both of them is you actually had to get two injections. You have to get one injection and then come back. I think it was like three or four weeks later and get a second one. Again, the, the, these things about getting people to actually taking it uh, to actually take it and how easy it is to distribute and actually administer are really important because in order for a vaccine to work, you need the whole population, uh, ideally everybody, to actually take it. It's, it, it still doesn't work if only like 40% of the people take it because just, just like I was saying, say um, if, if the vaccine, what it does is, you know, only one out of every t- 10 times you come into contact with someone that has COVID, you catch it. That's good. It's better than nothing. Yeah. But if you're still coming into contact with a bunch of people who have COVID, it's, it's not going to be that effective. Right. But if, Everybody takes it and everyone's only getting COVID one out of every 10 times they come into contact, then that that effectiveness is like exponentially multiplied. Does that make yeah, sense? Are yeah. You, can I just say, can so, I just say that? The, yeah, the, go ahead. The, so uh, I know I speak for a very, because I've seen a little bit of this like on Instagram, Facebook, that kind of shit, right? Yes. I, I, and I'm not the, I'm not the best spokesperson for sure i'm just i'm just repeating sure. i'm just repeating some of the stuff that i've seen and read that uh-huh. uh there are there, there's a small well there's always been like anti-vaxxers right there's always been like yes fuck vaccines it gives you autism yeah there, there's there's it, yeah. those people that are like to the extreme like vaccines are going to kill you blah 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 right there's that there's that it, group wait hold on let me let me do my best impression of an anti-vaxxer Vaccines are the deep state implanting sublingual microchips into our brains via needles. You can't trust them. This is all the deep state trying to control us. I am not having any of that shit pumped into my arm because that's how the aliens find you and the earth is flat. Fuck all y'all. Well, so there, so there's, there's, that, there's that level of extreme <laughs> for sure. Yeah. There's, there's that level of extreme and then there's there's shades of it, right? Like if that's if that's black, there's shades of the gray in between. Hey, hey, why'd you have to make this a racial thing? I didn't make it a racial thing. I'm just saying black, white, and there's gray in the middle. <laughs> you you made a race. I could have said like you just, you just said there's shades and there's black and there's white, man. Come on, I no. Come on, you don't have to stoop that low, man. That's and it would be like black, white, and brown in the middle. Not I don't think you even understand how the pigmentation. No, you're colorblind. Work. Shush. You can't. You have. You don't see colors. Stop it. Uh, so yeah, there there are people that are like like extreme extreme like it's government control, and I and, yeah. and, and but but there's people there's shades of it. There's people that are like yeah. right now with politics and all the stuff been going on, and and oh can I wait? Can I do my impression of the the people the anti vaxxers on the other end of the spectrum? Sure. Just, just like I want to be representative, I, I I want like like the full like deep like conspiracy theory uh-huh. anti vaxxer. There's also the ones where it's like well. I just want natural things in my child's body. I think, you know, these artificial substances aren't great. I want them to be protected from these deadly viruses, from good things from the earth, like 
I'll, you know, I'll give them some parsley. And I've heard on, on a blog by uh, CGJ <laughs> Health Incorporated that parsley is, is actually just as good of a cure for polio as the vaccine. And I think that's fine. I really want to be in tune with nature. And, you know, this just doesn't... Um, fit with my holistic lifestyle I, I i misinterpreted what you were going to go with this these are so these are these are uh both anti-vaxxer angles but yeah. different extremes yeah. of it i I, yeah. I thought you were going to go with like the anti-vaxxer extremist on one end and then the pro-vaxxer extremist oh. on the other end i misinterpreted where you're going with it but okay what the let me okay. Let me do my uh, my impression of the the pro vaxxer extreme on the other end. Um, yeah, smallpox was really fucked up. I don't want that. I'm gonna get the vaccine. <laughs> Done. <All right. laughs> it's 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 a, it's really it's it's a lot easier to like pinpoint where you stand on things sometimes when you when you. I don't I don't know what you mean. Yeah, I, anyway. I felt like okay. This. okay. Um, I I because you know you know smallpox was the thing it I, killed no, I, a lot of I, people I, it's gone I now I, hold on let me here's where here no more smallpox here's, here's where I, here's where I'm going with this okay mm-hmm. I don't want to be and this is me personally right uh-huh. I don't want to be part of the first maybe not even second wave of people taking whatever right. vaccine comes out because yes. Anytime new medicine is introduced, we don't know if there are some crazier long-term, like, other repercussions. Like, we, we won't know, right? That's why there's always a trial period, and there's a, that's why there's always... Well, well so, so here's the thing. So, and this is, this is the good news for people like you. Amanda, you do not have the option of being part of the first wave. The first wave of people to take this, that already happened, like, months and months ago. Okay. I, th- I th- So... Because I, I, they do multiple, multiple clinical trials with humans because they exactly like you said, you don't want to find out that, well, great, it kills coronavirus, but uh, it also makes your dick fall off. Right. And, um, you know, you, you, you puke black bile up at inappropriate times. Like, so, so that's, that happens already. Like they've already done tri- with a large amount. You know, I think the trials are, have several thousand people in okay. them. So. That already happens once. The second thing is it's going to take them a while to um, to make enough doses where somebody like 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 you or I could even get it. So what's going to happen is if if it does get fast tracked uh, approval by the FDA, they're already going to finish all these these big you know trials so they can say look like there's not a bunch of like crazy fucked up side effects. Like we've seen, you know, the, the, the outcome. And even, even after they do the trials, they have to wait a while to make sure that something after the fact doesn't happen. Once that happens, there's going to be a first massive wave that goes out to, uh, I, I think they were voting on it today, but most likely it will be to frontline healthcare workers and uh, the elderly population. Um, so like 20 million doses will have already gone out to, to, that section of the population. And then like you or I, hopefully, hopefully the soonest we'd be able to actually take it would have been, would be like early spring or sorry, maybe, maybe mid to late spring, early summer of 2021. That's sort of the timeline. 2021. Yes. Yeah. See, so there would have been multiple trials of thousands of people. And then there would have been uh, tens of millions of people that would take it before. I, I I am still probably going to know if, if, if it becomes, um. Uh. Um. 
available to the general public when you say it is like early late or yeah. summer of 2021 i think i'm still gonna wait till like 2022 like no kidding like i'm not i i know i know i i, I know from your sigh i know from <laughs> from your little impersonations and all that stuff and it's not, and no, it has, no no it's 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 fine it has no it has nothing to do with um like the whole government mind control none of this nonsense i just yeah. i just i just what is just because it's generally it's 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 generally accepted that the FDA blah 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 this that and the other FDA has approved that it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't that's not enough to convince me that it's safe. I I really want to wait to see what some shit what happens. Like I really want to wait um, before I make uh, my decision. Like for me personally, like my parents, if they want to take it, take it. Fuck it. It's up to you. You know, they're they're not old. They're in their 60s, but fuck it. Do it. If you're going to take them, take it. But me personally, I'm like, I, I can wait. I, I, I can, I take care of myself pretty okay. I'm I'm pretty cautious about my interaction socially. So I, I you know, I, I, I'm fine. I'm going to wait. Um, I, I was going to go somewhere with it. But I forgot because we went we went into your impersonations and it kind of threw me off. I forgot where I was going well, with it. So, so let let me explain why um, why this frustrates me a little bit. Um, and this the the problem with vaccines and, and also even wearing at least the masks that are available is they only work if everybody does it. Right. Um, and the you know if. 20% of the population takes the vaccine. It really doesn't do us a whole lot of good. Like once you start to get up at 60 to 70%, then that's where you reach herd immunity. Basically, the vaccine is just trying to uh, artificially give us herd immunity. And so we need that many people to take it. And I'm not frustrated in at you in particular. The problem is there's a lot of people who kind of have that same mindset that you've got oh and there's people that, and that have, just means there's that, people that have it like you said there's the extreme right i'm not part of the extreme there's people that are like really hardcore yeah. fuck vaccines and imagine what percentage of the population those people represent so there's a lot of people out there that are like Let, let's wait or let's be patient at the very least but so i, I would just like this to be over as, as soon as possible i don't i don't like all the lockdowns i don't like having to wear a mask i don't like having to do any of that shit i'm like can we just move on from this as soon as possible um and in order for us to do that a, a large uh a, you know as much of the population as possible has to take the vaccine as soon as possible so you you are you are not alone a lot of people think in in a similar way that that you do um the but I don't think they understand fully how vaccines work. I don't think people still understand how masks well masks let's just work. say let's just say like the flu and like the flu right like uh-huh um flu flu still exists the flu virus is still that's been out right. there forever you know there's been different yeah and this this covid virus is not, is not gonna right. go away either it'll still be I, around I've, I think in my entire life I may have taken a flu shot like twice like my entire life right. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. if, if if it's if if it can be controlled in such a way to the degree of your common flu, then then I don't I don't see the necessary like I don't like I don't I don't think it's required for me to to take it right. So, but 
the problem with comparing it to the flu is that COVID is is more deadly. Is it's not nearly as deadly as a lot of viruses out there, but it's more deadly than the flu by I think by a factor of ten, like ten times more deadly than the flu. And the real big problem is it's, it is much easier to transmit the flu. There's a there is a period. Um, you know, when you could have the flu and, and be contagious and not be showing symptoms, but it's usually like, a, I think, a 72-hour window. COVID, you could, you could be contagious for like 10-plus days, have no symptoms, and just be spreading right. it around. Plus, it's a lot hardier. The flu is completely seasonal, right? Like, nobody gets the flu in the middle of summer. Uh, I, I'm worried COVID might be seasonable, but, uh, seasonable, but obviously pe- people were still getting COVID in the summer. So it's a much hardier virus. It can be transmitted all year round. It's more communicable than the flu, and it's deadlier. So, like, the flu, that's one where I, I have not gotten flu vaccines as often because I'm like, you know what? If I get the flu, I, I know I'm going to get it. I'll kick it in, you know, two two or three days. It's going to suck, but it, it's just not in the same category is COVID for me. Like COVID is a step up on the, wow, this virus is fucking bad sort of scale. If I had enough fucks to give, here's where I would dedicate most of my energy. I I mean, granted the the COVID thing is a serious thing, right? Like I, I, I do, I do treat it seriously. I don't go out without wearing a mask, all that kind of shit. But if I'm going to devote my energy again, if I had fucks to give where my energy would be pointed at, it would be, in in like like bigger and bigger health things like like you you you've brought up in the past uh, episodes about how you know the the number one killer in uh, United States healthcare is is um is uh heart disease, heart disease. right that yeah. that's the shit that I want our country to be like widespread let's let's do something about like I would I would sure. rather devote more energy and more of my focus in uh spreading that um uh uh um awareness and uh doing something about it nationally like and now I'm talking about grassroots type sh- not grassroots shit but like fundamentally like let's do something about all the fast food out there like l- like let's like every fast food chain out there fuck you guys you're going to get taxed 70% for the shit food you've been feeding us these last 20, 30 years, right? So so there's a couple things with that, though, right? First, it's not an either-or. Like, you, you, it's right, not, right, right. oh, well, we have you. to address COVID or that. It could be right. both. Like, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll get on a freaking soapbox to anyone who will listen and talk about the problems with our, our food and here's, how it's here's completely why, fucking... Here's why, but, here's why it bothers me is because the COVID thing has been getting... Wait, would you? Wouldn't you say that COVID's been getting like ten times more attention than 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 uh, heart disease problems, right? Like in the last year. I mean, way way more than ten times. And that's what bothers me is that the the, the media coverage of it doesn't necessarily reflect the 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 gravity of 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 uh, the degree of which you know how important these things are. Like it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't compare. But here's the other part that you're not really taking into account. Um, COVID is going to end up by the end of the year, we'll probably, and we're not going to know exactly how many people COVID killed accurately until um, 
until the end of the year and they can really compile all the data. I mean, the, the one of the best ways to, to tell how, how big of an issue COVID was, was when they can just see the total number of deaths and compare it to previous years. And that'll give them a pretty good idea. But, uh, COVID will have ended up killing somewhere between um, a quarter of a million to like 300,000 people. Right. I, I, it might be right. higher. Um, in that ballpark, heart, heart disease kills about 600,000 people right. a year. But you got to remember, COVID killed, you know, let's say it's a quarter of a million. COVID killed a quarter of a million people, and that was with all the media coverage, with us wearing masks, with us socially distancing, with us doing all the lockdowns, Gavin Newsom, the, the Gavinator doing all this, like, fucking crazy things. Okay, you can only have a family gathering of one and a half people. If you have a second whole person, then that's – you're going to get fined, but, like, only a half person and you can come to Thanksgiving. Like, all that fucking crazy stuff. You can't go to beaches. And even with all that – um, it's it still killed a quarter of a million people. The the original projection that the thing that keep, Trump keeps talking about, um, where he's like, oh, it could have been so much worse. We saved all these lives. Was the initial projection by it was like an, the Oxford College of something or other. It was it was it was a uh, England England based college did a projection. If we had just done nothing, just just gone about business as usual, n no no restrictions, no masks, nothing, just just went about our business, it would have been like like 2.2 million right. deaths. Right. <clears throat> so that would, I mean, if 2.2 million people died, and then on top of that, there would be all these people who, who just because you don't die of COVID doesn't mean it's like a walk in the park. Like, you, there's a lot of people who get really sick and are fucked up for weeks, and ha even, even some who have really long-term lasting effects from it, and they don't die. That that would have just completely crippled our country because, you know, we talked about my mom going to the hospital, right? Because of COVID, that was a seven and a half hour visit to the emergency right. room for a, a elderly lady who was ble literally bleeding, sitting there in the waiting room, bleeding out of the back of her head and they couldn't get her yeah. in. Um, it, and that's that's with you know Denver, who's doing like a relatively good job at managing COVID compared to other cities. If if we just weren't doing any of that, like our whole healthcare infrastructure would collapse. You know, people who are in car accidents, who had heart attacks, whatever, like they wouldn't be able to get treatment, and it wouldn't just be COVID deaths. It'd be all these other deaths that that would occur because people just couldn't get um, couldn't get treatment. And that's that's sort of the thing where I'm like, I, dude, I, I get where these governors are, are coming from. They're trying to prevent that scenario from happening where. You know, our our medical infrastructure, hospitals, emergency rooms, doctors get to the breaking point where they cannot handle the volume of, of cases coming in. Um, and that that was from way back when that was always the concern I had. It wasn't it, in terms of how deadly COVID is. It could have been a lot worse. Right. It, it's not that high of a percentage of people who are dying from it. But there are a relatively high amount of people who do need medical care and hospital hospitalization, or they will die. And if if we reach that tipping point where our, our healthcare infrastructure can't handle it, we this whole country would just be like royally fucked. So when you say like, is it out of proportion? I'm like, no, I don't really think so. Because here's here's the thing: um, heart disease. That's one where 
it's bad. There's a lot of people dying from it, but it's not like it's not like I'm gonna catch heart disease from you. It's not like if you eat really shitty and I eat great, like we like we hang out and I'm like fuck. I got Mondo's heart disease. Yeah, you're right. But it, God it, damn it, 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 I've been doing it, everything it right. Isn't, like, it isn't contagious like that per se. It isn't something you can spread like that. But it is a, it is like a, uh, like a so like a social contagion where it's, it's like it's acceptable to like eat fast food. You know, it's yes. it's it's okay to go to these drive-throughs or eat out every day and eat this processed shitty stuff. Um, yes. All the, all the food that's you know. Uh, genetically been modified like that's grown and genetically modified in the states and then we're we're consuming it like that shit's got to go away man like that that's yes and the things that the long-term things it's been doing to our gut and and to uh um you know to to the way our 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 human body evolution like we like there's like that's some serious long-term shit we need to take care of yes i agree with all that and when I talk about the problems of the American medical system, heart disease and the amount of nutritional training that doctors get in medical school is always the first thing I talk about because it's like so cut and dry. That being said, I don't see a scenario where heart, heart disease, um, in, like in the short term, like in, in the span of like a few months, leads to the complete collapse of the healthcare infrastructure of our country. Uh, and I think that for, for us to be a he- healthy, happy country, that is a, definitely something that has to be addressed. Like I, I go on and on about it, but it was not as immediately urgent and pressing of a matter where it's like, you know, like we're not like people who, who get in a car accident are just going to die out on the street because it, there's no beds in the ER. Like so, that wasn't so going to happen. That's why that's what, that's what worries me is that, <clears throat> you're right it's not like a contagion it can't be spread etc cetera, etc cetera. but because it's it doesn't have that and i hate to use the term it doesn't have that like that sexy that sexiness that 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 glory of it being contagious that that appeal of it being contagious it's not going to get the social coverage it gets and i'm not talking to social media i'm talking like social awareness type of um, we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna respond to it the way we should be. Uh, it, it's not so. The problem with our country is everything in the health industry comes down to money, right? right? So as soon as soon as f- uh, f- food companies you know uh, can figure out how to make healthy food where they make more money than they make when they're making like crappy processed food. Then all of a sudden, that that is going to you know turn on its head, and some some companies have done that because they're like, oh well, people are going to pay a crazy premium for like prepared healthy food, so we can make money. It's just not a, a big enough amount of the market to to turn that on its dime, that, or sort of turn that dynamic on a dime. That's what I was trying right. to say, I think. And the thing with with COVID was one one it was a real problem. Two, it was pressing. So like. The news companies were like, well, we're going to get better ratings talking about COVID because people are like legitimately scared. This is something new. Like they they could catch it, you know, and and especially that idea of, well, you could be doing everything right and you could catch it from someone who's just a fucking idiot. That scares people. And 
that's going to force them to tune into that coverage. That's how, you know, every, I was just actually listening to an interview for uh, someone who had been a producer at MSNBC and she, she left because she just got frustrated with them. And she was saying, everything is about how many, what are the ratings going to be? Is this going to be a good rating segment? And then on the flip side, um, with the pharmaceutical industry, they're all super motivated because the, the one of the, the best, one, I say one, but one of the best answers to COVID is vaccine. And all those pharmaceutical companies are like, oh, if we're the ones that get the, the best, most widely distributed vaccine, that's a shit ton of money for us. Like, awesome. Yeah. Let's pour all our resources into fixing that. Where, the, the, the like you're talking about with heart disease, it's not as quite a, a simple fix. It's like lifestyle choices and being healthier and like spending more time preparing your own food. Like that doesn't make these people money. So it's not the same sort of incentive structure. And that's what's and uh, being that we're, a, one of the, we're a capitalist yeah, society, man. It's all about the, that's the dollar. What's scary. It's, it's a, it's, it's a looming. You see it more and more. Like people are, are, are driven by, um, even at, even at the most innocent level, uh, people are driven by money, even even when they're even when they're being unaware, and well, and it and it and it it. But that that's also how, that's how our country's set up, though, right? Like that's from like when we're little kids. That's kind of what we're told. It's like yeah, it's the American dream, like rags to riches. It's not like rags to having a really happy, contented lifestyle. It's rags to being stupid, filthy rich, so you can. Uh, have a big house and an expensive car, and and then j- just in terms of policy and and healthcare and everything, the way our country is set up revolves around capitalism, and capitalism is great for some things, not so good for others, and yeah, we've been feeling the effects this year of when ca- with the things where capitalism is shit for. Capitalism not good for healthcare no, doesn't work, no, and and again. Uh- Again, we talked about this very, very, very briefly before the podcast. Like, I, yeah, I've got my gut gut stuff, but in terms of like the degree of like severity and the degree of like uh, of it being like, uh, I guess, imp- like, am I gonna die from my gut stuff? Yeah, maybe 10, 20 years of it just being like my my insides mm-hmm. rotting <laughs> from the inside out. But like your like your health stuff is a little more like straightforward like uh it needs to be addressed it's 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 uh it's severely affecting your day-to-day as being a productive whatever human being um yeah and i hear more about how fucked up and shitty our our healthcare system is through through your stuff not necessarily through my stuff right and um well but 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 sort of, I would say yes and no because I mean I think with with your 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 health stuff and and this is this is sort of the same mentality that I had for a long time, which is part of the reason I ended up in this. But but you're like ah, I can deal with it. Like maybe um, you know in ten or twenty years it's going to really do me in. But like I can kind of make do until then. But I think it's definitely affecting your your health and, and, you know, maybe it's not as badly affecting it, but it's affecting it. I think from what you've said, it like affects your enjoyment. Yeah, I think it affects my mood of of all, like of most things like my, my, my mood and my, yeah, my ability to enjoy certain things. So, so first of all, 
in terms of treating your, your gut, if, and this is a lot of people, it doesn't just have to be gut problems. There's all millions and millions and millions of people in our country that have similar problems to you. Maybe it's not the gut, but it's something that's, that's causing them pain. It's, it's not completely debilitating, but it's affecting their ability to enjoy life, to be happy, to, to what, you know, have you just to varying degrees. Now, if, if we just fix those things and those people didn't need continual coverage, they didn't have to buy medication, they didn't, you know, say, say it costs $1,000 to fix that issue versus, you know, $100 a month for medication over the course of 20 years, that's just, that's just not equivalent, right? Like, it's, if, if you're a capitalist society, it's in your best interest to keep people healthy enough where they can make money, but sick enough where they still need continual medical care so you can extract as much money for them as possible. And that's part of the reason we're so prescription-driven because it, we, you know, people pay out the nose for prescription drugs, but pres- prescription drugs don't actually fix right. anything. The problem, that, that underlying cause, it's still there. And, but then if you think about it, if, if, if there are tens or hundreds of millions of people in your same boat where it's like, yeah, you can still, you can still function. You can still go to work. You can still uh, generate money to pay taxes and uh, be a good consumer and buy things, but your, your quality of life and your happiness is affected. Like that's pretty fucked yeah, up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what bothers me. I mean, that, that really affects the quality of life in our country. And that's what, that's what, again, um, <clears throat> Not to sound like Mr. Hippy Dippy, but I, I do I do tend to lean on <laughs> you were making fun of it earlier. I do tend to lean on more of like when I do need something, I I I would rather stick with something more natural, you know, than 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 chemical, than pumping me with full of pills, you know, that kind of that that's just my mindset. Like I if I I'm not saying I'm gonna solve COVID by <laughs> drinking a peppermint shake or whatever every morning. I like if there is a vaccine and there are absolutely zero side effects, and sign me up. But the way medicine has the, the way modern medicine has been is just like exactly like you described it. It's like it's been it's been it's been preventative, not it's not solving the problem. It's been like let's just put a band-aid over it for now, you know. Well well and, and this this is where I have um I have trouble finding medical care because the the problem I see is there's a lot of like MD medical doctors where again they they're just treating symptoms and they're giving you pharmaceutical pharmaceutical drugs that don't fix the underlying problem and just treat symptoms and then those pharmaceutical drugs also cause a lot of trouble on top of that because like it's like a meme in our yeah, country yeah. right like where it's like yeah you're going to get um L- L- well, I'm trying to find it. was like Levitra. I feel like that's an erectile dysfunction sure. drug, but like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of like a fictional one for a stomach. It would be like, you're, you're going to get, s- s- uh, they always end in, uh, it's like, it's something that, that vaguely, um, sounds like a thing. And then it has like a happy, like ring to it at the end. You're, you're going to get, oh, what would be a good one? Uh, that sounds you're kind of funny. Like it would be like, um, like you're trying to make a fictitional, fictitious. Tom, you, we, you're, 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 you're going to you, Armando. I am. 
I am pleased to announce that you're one of the, the first candidates to, to take Tummy Vera. This is a revolutionary <laughs> new pharma, pharmaceutical t- yeah. Tummy Agra. Well, that's that's the complete. Armando, why is your belly button growing? What's, what's happening right there? You're going to take Tummy Agra, and, and and this is going to to uh, as long as you keep t- taking Tummy Agra, your gut problems are going to be a thing of the past. Your gut problems are going to be the furthest thing in your memory and and the only minor side effects that you're going to have to deal with from tummy agar are going to be headaches constipation bloating uh possible seizures death uh bloating of your feet and your, your fingers uh um occasional bouts of blacking out and violent homicidal uh incidents of rage but besides that Tummy Agra will fix those gut problems, and you're going to be a better, happier man. Ignore all that other stuff please, I just said. Like it's please, like a joke. Please contact but, a doctor if you have an erection lasting for more than four hours from Tummy Agra. Please contact a doctor if your belly button uh, becomes an Audi of more than five to six Jesus inches. Jesus Christ! If you look like you got two dicks all of a sudden, please contact a doctor. But like it's it's like a like I said it's like a meme in our country. But when you think about that, okay. One that's really fucked up, <laughs> but I and I just I just don't understand how people haven't realized that this is a problem. And I'll, I'll give you an example, right? You, you you've heard of the opioid opioid epidemic, like, yes? Uh, prescription like pill poppers. You're talking about well. Uh, well, so opioids is a specific classification of drug. They they were prescribed for for because they're painkillers, and then people were like, oh, like we can get them and take them even sometimes when yeah. they're not prescribed or more often than not, they were getting prescriptions for opioids from doctors. If they, maybe they didn't really need them. And then people are getting, well, so, I, so you, have you heard of yeah, the opi- well, we've opioid got a, epidemic? We've, we've, that got was a, one. we've got a, a Lancer brother that took his own life who was addicted to opiates and took his life. Um, Ian, Ian Crom. Well, so, so, so the, the, the second question I have for people is why, why is, I mean, that, that probably illustrates it pretty well, but I always ask like, what, so why is it bad? Like opioids are a painkiller. Why is it bad if someone has pain and they take a painkiller? Like what's wrong with that? You, you, well, they're, they're addictive. All these opiates are addictive. They're habit forming for sure. And, um, like it's so, so what what does that mean? What do you mean? What does that mean? So why is it bad that it's addictive, and what does habit forming mean? Well, you you you, what's the problem you, with that? you start taking the damn thing, thinking okay, it's gonna make this pain go away, and the next thing you right. you know you're you're taking it just for fucking shits and giggles, thinking you can't uh, you can't like go your on your day to day without taking these fucking things, so you're continuing to pay, you know, pharmaceutical companies for these things. Meanwhile, they're causing like all these. It's, it turns out to be all these things are causing like like mental um, issues, like like emotional de- depression and all these other fucked up side effects. Um, I mean, yeah, Ian, Ian, I don't know all the ins and outs of Ian's habit, right? Well, he, well, so, so just so just to to just clarify, like when you said they have withdrawal, what what it means is you, your body can become physiologically dependent yes. on it meaning if you stop taking it you're going to have physiological side effects i mean opioids are really pronounced on that so i just pulled them up it'll the early uh 
opioid withdrawal symptoms are muscle aches, restlessness, anxiety, runny nose, excessive sweating, inability to sleep. And then the later symptoms are like diarrhea, abdominal cramp, goosebumps on the skin. That one doesn't sound so bad. Nausea and vomiting, dilated pupils, rapid heartbeat, high blood pressure. So it's like you, you, your body's like gets dependent on it. And so we need it. And then there's also can be, and there can be, you could be psychologically. Yeah. yeah, Those those are just the things you listed off are just like the physical, um, uh, Mm -hmm. withdrawal things you get from it. But there are for sure psychological things that you can't like, how do you, you can't really evaluate that unless you're seeing a fucking, you know, a therapist at the same time while taking all these, you know, painkillers, which a doctor's just giving you the painkiller. They're not saying, Oh, by the way, in addition to giving you this painkiller, I want you to be, I want you to start seeing a therapist. Like that doesn't happen. So, you know, not that they're a hundred percent proven to be related to each other, but like, you know, there was a, there's certainly a period in our history where we're seeing like almost every other week, another mass shooting, right? Another school mass shooting is particularly, it, it turns out like a lot of those kids that were doing those mass shootings were, you know, they, they had psychological issues, but they were also, a lot of them were taking antidepressants, you know? So, so, so let me, let me just boil it down with opioids. To, cause I, cause I'm, cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to work towards a sort of a, a, a point, which I, I think people don't understand. The issue with opioids is while it temporarily makes it so you don't feel pain, it still doesn't fix the, the cause of the pain. You know, if, if you have uh, a screwed up shoulder because you had an injury, that injury is still there. You just can't feel it for a while. And while, while you are doing that, it is taking a toll on your body and your mind, right? Like it's, it's a short-term, not even a solution. It, it's, it's a short-term fix with a toll on your body. And I think all drugs really are, it's sort of like a cost benefit yeah. sort of thing. There's, there's a benefit of taking the drugs. In the case of opioids, you don't feel pain for, you know, however long you're taking the drug. And then there's the cost that comes at the, the toll it's taking in your body, what it's doing to you mentally. And then, in, you know, in a drug like opioids, there's also those, those the, the sort of like rebound side effects of like, you don't feel pain for a while. And now you're feeling a lot more pain in some cases because, you know, say you take an op- opioid, your shoulder doesn't hurt, and that whole time you're under the effects of the opioid, well, you've been moving your arm around like normal because you couldn't feel it. Now, all of a sudden, the drug goes away, and your arm hurts three times as bad as it did before because you you, you had a fucked up shoulder that you were moving around like it was normal because you couldn't feel it. Have you ever it. had to take an opioid and say, whoa, fuck that, never again? Because it made you feel uh, something fucked up, like like something was not right? Uh, hold on. Let me, let me double check. Cause I, I have had that, uh, can, can I tell you about one experience I I've had with, yeah, go ahead. So when I, when I lived, when I lived up North in Bakersfield, I, I had a coworker of mine who, um, I don't know if it was Oxycontin or if it was codeine, but it was one of those like stronger fucking things, right? It was like one of those higher end or higher octane fucking pain things. And I forget why the hell he was taking them. But let's just say that my not-so-professional opinion, he was to this point where he wasn't taking them because he needed them for pain. It was kind of like, fuck it, I can get my hands on them. I like to take these things. 
So I think he was semi-dependent on these things. Uh, uh, maybe not really like a serious case, but he was for sure, in my opinion, like taking him where he didn't need to. But anyway, that's beside mm-hmm. the point. I forget what exactly I had. I don't know if it was like a really bad like back spasm or back pain that didn't go away for like a day or two. Like, I don't know if I slept on my bed wrong or I twisted it in some awkward thing or if it was a neck or back thing, but it was somewhere, it was pretty pretty bad pain that didn't go away like after a day or two. I told this coworker, I was like, dude, this fucking pain is not gone away. And like, he'd see me at work, like he'd see me at work, like, you know, like, like totally uncomfortable. So he's like, dude, I got this fucking pill. You want to take it? And again, I, I don't, I don't remember what it was. I don't know if it was Oxycontin, mm-hmm. codeine. I don't know. I was like, fuck it, dude. I've tried everything. I've tried aspirin. I've tried, you know, ibuprofen and none of this, none of this shit fucking works. So he gave me this pill. I took it. And let me tell you, dude, within like half an hour of taking this pill, I remember it was a pretty big size pill and I think it was like yellow, like a like a bright yellow. Um, one of those powdery ones, not one of those gel cap ones. It was like a powder, whatever. Took this fucking thing mm-hmm. and within half hour, like I like I had this cr- like crazy hot like my my body like flushed. It was like one of those niacin flushes, mm-hmm. except for like this was like, like I, my my hands were shaky and my my hand, my palms were like sweaty. I was very clammy. Like it mom's was, spaghetti. Sure, all that. I started knees weeks. I started, arms are heavy. I started wrapping. Was there vomit on your sweater already? Yeah, I started wrapping for some strange reason. I don't know why. And then the whole crowd went so loud. Um, Did you open your mouth? But the words. That's actually a side effect. Did you know a side effect of of. Uh, Oxycontin is sometimes you open your mouth, but the words won't come out. No, dude. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was like, I, I was, I started. You were like, snap back to reality. No, no, I was panicking. I was like telling this dude, like, dude, what the fuck did you give me? Like, I don't feel good. Like, I feel like, like my, like I'm, I'm sweating profusely. Like, I, like I, I felt kind of jittery. And uh, I just kept drinking a shitload of water. Like, after like an hour or two, it went away. And I looked at him like, yeah. dude. Like, I don't feel the pain anymore, but I'm never taking this fucking pill ever. Or if I'm going to yes. take it, I'm going to take like half of that, whatever the fuck it is you gave me. Because it was just, it was just too much. Yeah, I remember him laughing so, too. He's like, ha, 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 ha. I take two of those fucking every other hour or whatever. I'm like, you're fucking crazy, dude. Well, and that's, that's, that is, that is also a problem because, and here's, here's the thing. Like you, you had, you had pain and if you'd had it for a while, Whatever you took wasn't going to fix it. It would just make it best case scenario. If you take a painkiller like that, it'll it'll make you not feel the pain for long enough so your body can kind of fix things on its own. Right. If your body can do that, right. uh, I, I had to look up. I've never taken opioids. Never. I have taken narcotics, um, and that was that, that was actually worse. the. They're they're not so uh, narcotics and and. And this is kind of what I was saying with all drugs. It's sort of like a cost-benefit analysis. You know, I, it would be, I think, ideal if we, if as a country we just didn't take any drugs. But in some cases, if somebody has a really bad heart condition and they have to take a heart medication that's like a blood thinner, you know, it'd be better if they weren't taking that drug because it's leading to other problems other than their heart condition. Right. But if, if it's a question of if they don't take this medication, they're going to die in two weeks— or they do take it and, you know, they're going to have 
you know, an extra tax on their, maybe some of their other organs, it's going to make them have some weird side effects. So like, okay, well, there's a cost, but the benefit you get of not dying in two weeks, like way outweighs the cost. Like you, you take the medication and that's sort of where I ran into it with narcotics. They're also painkillers. The, the addictive properties are not nearly as bad as opioids. Uh, the side effects are there, but aren't as bad. But yeah, when I, when I had that first knee surgery, when, uh, uh, you know, I guess that was a couple months after that, that t- uh, Tijuana story, um, you, you, you told me, and I remember, I remember a lot of things about, I remember, <laughs> uh, you know, go, going under anesthesia for that surgery. And I remember like, like rolling over and like my robe, like completely flaps out. So like, like, you know, there's doctors all around me and I'm like, I'm just like sort of like in the process of passing out. And I was like, Oh, there goes my robe. Dick's out. (laughs) And, and I I remember that the nurse was like, Oh no, let's get up covered up. And I I was just, you know, again, I'm, I'm going under anesthesia. I did not give a fuck. I'm like, Oh, it's funny. My dick's out in front of all these people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, I remember waking up and them rolling me into recovery. And I had this whole plan of like, yeah, I wanted, I wanted like a book to read so I wasn't bored in like the recovery room because you're in there for hours. And the, the, the irony of the situation in this conversation, the book I brought was Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson, where uh, that, is, that is a very, very drug-fueled book. He's taking a lot of illicit substances, uh, mescaline in particular. And I remember trying to read it and like, I was on this, I'm not exaggerating, I was on the same page for two hours. Yeah. Because I was still all, all coming out of anesthesia, and I would read, like, a paragraph, and I forget what I just read, and I'd go back and I'd try to read it again. Yeah. And I was like, what, what is... And they, the, everybody in the, the uh, recovery room, like, all the medical staff thought that was hilarious. But long story short, at the end, they, you know, once I leave the hospital, I'm not under the hospital-administered painkillers, they gave me Percocet. Which which was a painkiller, and um, I I got home and I took one, and I I think I if I recall I also had that kind of flush feeling that you're talking about, and I remember feeling like I was like underwater. I felt like I was like like if you ever um, I, of course you have. I was gonna say like you know that feeling like if you're in in the ocean, it's like the ocean is like really warm. And there's there's waves kind of going by you where like you can kind of feel that pressure from yeah. the water moving over you, but you're completely submerged. Uh-huh. That's just what I felt like for like hours. I'm like, this is t- I don't like this yeah. at all. Like, so I took one Percocet after my first surgery, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just not taking any. So I didn't take any other painkillers the whole time. Um, the second time when I had a hip surgery, they were asking me about do I have any reactions to painkillers. So I was like, no. But I just don't like taking painkillers. I took Percocet. I felt like I was underwater. It was terrible. I only took one the whole time I had surgery. And this is the way the nurse explained it to me. She's like, look, like your body will heal better if you're not uh, if you're not in duress. Like if you can actually relax a little bit and you're not getting those pain signals, you'll heal better. You'll definitely be able to do the physical therapy better because you'll be able to go through the range of motion better. Like it's going to lead to you healing better. So we need to find a painkiller you can take just while you're in that first like week of recovery. And then just, you know, just take Tylenol or take something else. But for you to heal the best you can, you got to take it for a week, um, which is what we did. And I switched, they switched me to Vicodin, uh-huh. which um, 
which I remember I took, and the first time I took Vicodin, I'm like, oh, yeah, this this doesn't make me feel weird. It just makes all the pain stop while I have it. Like, yeah. holy shit. Like, okay, I don't want to be on this for any longer, but I can see how people get addicted to this because right. the pain's just gone. Right. Um, yeah, I've taken those too. Those are those are fun. No, not. I mean, <laughs> that's not the right word. <laughs> well, no. Some some people because they do have addictive. Pro- they're not as addictive as opioids, but people, particularly with Vicodin, they'll get used to taking Vicodin and they'll also drink, which sort of like magnifies right. the, the side effects of Vicodin. So then they will feel fucked up. So it it it's with all drugs. It's like there's a balance. I'm not one of these. Obviously, I'm not somebody. I just talked about how I was taking Vicodin for a week. Where I'm like, no, no drugs. We have to use only natural things from the from the earth. Because frankly, what what prescription drugs are doing is just mimicking things from the earth in a slightly more effective way, but more than anything, in a way that um, that dr- drug companies can trademark and then sell. Yeah. Um, so it's like this whole thing of like, wow, I only want natural things. It's like it's not. Most of these drugs are are versions of things like like we talk about opioids. Opioids are just just chemical, you know, laboratory versions of of poppy seeds. Well, like that's op- what, opium. That's what you hope. That you, opium yeah. is an opioid. It comes from poppy seeds. That's something natural. You still don't want to be uh, taking a ton of opium. Right. <laughs> like right. That's that's just as bad. Yeah, no, and that's again that you know they're trying to achieve or replicate whatever. Um, well, they're trying to make money. Right. Is what they're trying to do. Yes. Fuck. But but here, wait, sorry. This this is this was the whole arching point I was getting to. This whole thing with opioids, where it's a, it's a kind of a cost benefit analysis, and yes, there can be some benefits of of taking a, you know an opioid or a narcotic, but. The, the benefit is out of whack with the cost. That same dynamic is present in like all kinds of drugs that we're taking tons of. It's not, it's not just opioids. It's narcotics. It's um, a lot, like a, a lot of other classes of drugs. And for some reason, I mean, opioids is, is, is a class of drug where the cost benefit is maybe the most out of whack. But there's lots of other drugs where the cost benefit is also out of whack, and people are either uh, physiologically addicted or, in, in a lot more cases, they're mentally addicted to them, and it's fucking with them, and it's taking a toll on their bodies for not a lot of you benefit. You know what? Um, I I am like you know we've been talking about all this like I would say doom and gloom, but it's all kind of it's all kind of relatively sh- shitty stuff with the state of the world and the nation currently. But what I am happy. Uh, what I have seen that's a positive, I think, in my opinion, um, like smoking is, I, I, like at, at like uh, 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 the face value, the smoking thing is not, I guess, as cool as it used to be. You know, back in the '60s and '70s, so you, you don't. I, I'm, people mm-hmm. still smoke cigarettes. Don't get me wrong, but I see how there have been a, there have been enough changes. You know, you see all these advertisings like anti-smoking, anti-cigarette advertisements, and not to mention like the cost of a pack of cigarettes used to be like when we were students, pack of cigarettes used to cost like three, four, five bucks, right, max. Now with all the taxes and all this shit, like, like a pack of cigarettes costs like ten, I think like ten, eleven, twelve dollars nowadays. So it's really like, yeah, 
like to to smokers it sucks, but to everybody else it's like those are good those are good things for the good of our country. Like smoking is not as for sure. Like you know they they banned it from restaurants and public places, right? That happened a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like uh, you know for a while kids were vaping like crazy. I think they're still kind of I don't know if it's as prominent as it used to be because that was like that took off. That was kind of like a fad for a while. But um, like it's good to see that like smoking is kind of like it looks like it's fading away. Hopefully, hopefully in you know ten years, twenty years time, it won't. It'll be a thing of the past where you know it happens here and there, but not as not as prominent as it used to be. Well, and, and that was because of a long, consistent messaging campaign yeah. about how dumb smoking was, how bad was it, you know, for you. Which, which again, which that's. <laughs> We we it's, I felt like we needed a super accelerated version of that for COVID. We're like, oh, people got oh, this is the problem. Oh, this you know this is what it's doing to you. This is why you know uh, masks are good. This is why vaccine is good. These are the downfalls. Like just like good information presented in an accessible way where people could really understand what was going on. And what I felt like we got was this response that was like all over the fucking board where you had. One person saying one thing, you had somebody else saying another thing. You had the president being like, fuck all this, none of it matters, it's fine, it's just the flu. Yeah. And it's like, I don't understand how people were supposed to, unless they sat there like reading all this stuff like I did, where people just aren't, a lot of people don't have time to do that, they just don't have the inclination to do that. Like, I, it was just frustrating because I felt like if people could just really understand what was going on, like they did with smoking, and there was like a, a consistent messaging campaign. Yeah. We'd be a lot better. I, I think I think the same kind of plan of attack needs to be a be a, or a go forward with, um, like I said, heart disease. I don't know. I don't have the answer for it, but for sure, like like fast food and processed food and genetically modified foods, all this stuff, like that needs to be that needs to be a thing of the past. Like that, we need to be moving towards a way where we get away from all that shit and go towards more organic, healthier, good for us food. Well, so the, the the worst thing, and I you, I think you could still have fast food. Um, they would just have to change the composition of it. Because um, the biggest problem with fast food is that there's a lot of sugar. Yeah. The, the the problem is is our bodies are are meant to use carbohydrates quickly. It's like we need to. The way carbohydrates work is you want to eat them and then they it's like fast burning fuel. It's like something that you like light on fire and it just goes in a, in a blaze. Yeah. If you're trying to heat your house overnight, you don't want to stuff your, your fireplace full of newspaper because it's going to go up too fast. Right. But if you need a sudden burst of energy, like lighting a ton of newspaper is good. So carbohydrates, it's meant to be something that you eat and then you go like you know, burn a bunch of energy, you eat and then you like work a real hard day, like doing manual labor or you run a race or you go hiking or something like that. But like we've we're getting all the sugar in, in uh food that isn't, isn't, we're, we're getting all the sugar. Where we're not going to immediately burn yeah. it off. Uh, and it's, and it's in food that you, you shouldn't have a bunch of sugar in. Like if you look at like McDonald's, there's, there, it's it, there's sugar in like weird fucking places. Like in the the sauces that they put on the hamburgers, there's a ton of sugar. Yeah. Um, and the reason they do that is because sugar is actually highly addictive. Yeah. Like, uh, there's there's been studies that have said that sugar is more 
it, it like lights up more of like the pleasure centers of your brain than cocaine does. And and people have been saying that sh- you know sugar, not people. There, uh, scientists who have been conducting these studies are saying that sugar can actually be more addictive than cocaine. No, I believe um, it. Look, if you look at my mom, I'm, it's 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 a meme here. It's like a running joke with my mom, but like she on the regular like has to have like sweet bread like like you know mexican yeah. bread or or cookies or like on the regular on it's a joke cuz like for every christmas like if she'll get gifts from extended family members it's like a box of chocolates and everyone knows to get my mom like chocolates or candies or sweets or whatever she makes fun of herself about it how it won't last in the house because she goes through it and it's like yeah mom you wonder why you've got like all these other things like arthritis and high blood pressure and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, right. Well, it's that's, funny, and that's the but problem is our, our, take it serious. Our, our bodies does, our body doesn't really know what to do with all that sugar and, and, and processed sugars is like the absolute worst. Like at least carbohydrates are simple sugars that are easier to break down. Like the, the processed sugars, it's both harder for our body to break down and use it as energy. And then when it, can't break it down either because we're not going out and running or immediately burning it off. It's like th- th- that f- it gets converted to fat and stored in weird places. And, you know, for some people, it's like it's instead of uh, getting stored uh, on their in their ass cheeks, it's getting stored <laughs> in their arteries. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you don't want fat and, and sugar stored in your arteries that are, <laughs> are pumping blood from your heart to the rest of your body. Kind of a problem. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm the most, I'm for sure not uh, the most strict on myself and my whatever intake, daily intake, but I am happy to say that I feel like I'm doing uh, at least as much, if not more exercise than like, uh, low ball here, 50% of your everyday run-of-the-mill couch potato person around, you know, like... Like, I do get up every other morning. I do go run my three. Actually, yesterday I ran five miles. I'm going to start running fives every other day until I eventually Good work work my way up to maybe, um, you know, maybe eight miles a day and then, you know, half a marathon every other day or something like that. Like, I, I, I want to build to that. But uh, anyway, what I was getting at is that, like, I, like I'm being at least somewhat proactive. And uh, my hope is that other people can be can can take you know take their health into like it, they got to be responsible for their health i forget where i heard it once where it's saying like and i've 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 regurgitated it to somebody else i go i said um like our bodies are like a car like our bodies like you take your car in to get an oil change you you, you, you fuel it up with gas every day or whatever but you do have this preventative maintenance stuff where you got to do every now and again and I think mm-hmm. our bodies are like that. Like we need to get that. Like exercise shouldn't be like psychologically it shouldn't be like, oh shit, I got to go get a workout. And it should be like, oh no, my body needs it. It's part of what my body needs um, every day. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I think with working out, a lot of the, the trouble people have is we've been presented a way of this is how you work out. You go to a gym, you get on these exercise machines, you, you lift weights, whatever. And for a lot of people, like that's just, I, I, I hate working out in a gym 
unless I'm actually training for something specific. Yeah. But like working in a gym is not never enjoyable yeah. to me. I can get motivated to do it if there's like a clear result from that. But like I just I just don't like doing it. So I have to find alternate ways of exercising that are enjoyable for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot of people it's they either don't have the 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 knowledge or aren't even aware that like oh like it there might be ways that I enjoy working out. Let me try to figure out those versus yeah, like, what we presented as exercise. Yeah, it's like, like everybody, it's like pedagogy, like learning. Like everybody's got a way of like uh, how they learn in class. In, in like, and not everyone learns well from reading a book. Like some people do. Some people like lectures. Some people like online. Like everyone learns differently. I think the same can be said with physical activity, right? If like like me, you're, I'm like you in that sense that I don't like going to gyms. I don't like going to gyms for my own reasons. Like I don't like going to gyms because I I hate people staring at themselves in the mirror. Like I I just that's gross to me. Like you're not it's not a fashion show, motherfucker. You're there to like hopefully put in some work for your body, like some benefit for your body. I, what would work for me? I think what would work best for me, and maybe there's other people out there like that, is if like I did have like not necessarily a personal trainer, but like someone that would send me like hey. Here's the workout regimen I want you to do today. Kind of like a coach, but like an off-hands coach. Like you don't need to be there yelling at me, grilling me, telling me to do this, but just like, hey, do this on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, do this Tuesday, and I and and send me like a report on whatever, how many, you know, like like some kind of Yeah, you, you, you want someone to prepare a training plan for you. Right. Right. I, I would work I would I would function better that way than in than going to a gym, paying a personal trainer. Or even just going to a gym and working out, we're using like the exercise equipment. I, I kind of like the solitude. The solitude. I kind of like being able to run. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that works for me. And 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 I'm sure there's other people out there like that too. Um, that's why the hell I want to go to Flagstaff. I just want to be out in nature and just run, do shit. Well, for for me, I I like having a purpose. Yeah, yeah. So a goal. So, like I said, when I was, you know, lifting weights because like, oh, this is going to make me stronger, which will allow me to perform better in a lacrosse game or whatever like that, that worked for me. Like now I I actually like, I like literally running errands like, oh, I have to go pick up something from the store. I'm going to go to this store that's three miles away. I'm going to try to get there, uh, you know, in, in. 28 minutes and I'm going to try to get back in 30 minutes. Like that's my goal. Like I have to go get this thing. Like, you know, sometimes I'll even set up little, you know, I'm like, okay, so I know this is the route that I'm taking. I'm going to sprint this long straight away through the park. Then I'm going to walk, then I'm going to jog, then I'm going to sprint. Like I'll alternate it. And the whole thing is like, I have this tangible goal that I get at the end where I I got the thing that I needed. Now I can come back or, or, and this is what'd be great for you. I love, I love running, when I'm exploring someplace where like I'm seeing someplace new. Yeah. And so like, that's why I like trail running because I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go farther than I went before. I'm going to go see a different area. Like that's what's fun to me. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I, 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 I do sometimes get bored of running the same, like on the one hand, like I get bored of running the same, I guess you want to call it course, not really a course, but I get bored of running the same routine. Like I like the path I run is the same path. Right. On the one hand, I get yeah. bored of it. On the other hand, um, the the, fam- the familiarity, like I know, like from here to here, there's this amount of time, and and like like uh, 
I know where I know where my my I could start sprinting. I know when I could start slowing down. So like I, I do like anytime I have to run somewhere like for the first time. Like I, I used to whenever I used to go make sales calls in Las Vegas. One of the things that was a, a or anywhere I traveled, if I went to San Diego for example or Vegas or wherever, one of the things that made it ch- somewhat challenging for me was, hey, I don't know what my course is going to look like. I don't know, I don't know where my three point like I don't know where my one mile marker will be. I don't know where my two mile marker will be. You know what I mean? I don't know where these uh, I guess you want to call them milestones are in in the in the in the part of my my course. So I'd have to create one. I'd have to like okay, I'm gonna run this from here to here, and hopefully that's at least a quarter mile, <laughs> and then I'm gonna run back. And uh, yeah, it made it it made it fun. I did like seeing. Um, like San Diego, I would run in Old Town San Diego. There was like this hill thing that I would run up and then go through like a mission looking area. Um, in Vegas, I would just run the strip, but that made it challenging because every time you had like across the street, you'd have to like go into the casino, up those fucking bridges, around, like down the stairs. And it was, I don't know, it was pretty fucked up. One of the, the runs I remember uh, the m- most clearly where it was like it, it when well, it felt exciting because there was a little little tinge of danger to it was um it was me and my dog and it was at the end of that cardio competition we did we went to uh like buffalo bills to the i can't remember it was it starts it starts where buffalo bills grave is in colorado and then you have, you have to like walk like over these like like not over but like kind of along this like cliff edge uh-huh. um and then you eventually get to a more open part. And we went when it was snowy. Like, there was snow everywhere. So walking along cliff edges, I mean, there was room. Like, you have to be kind of an idiot to fall yeah. off of them. But that's still kind of like, you know, part part of it was icy. I remember there were some hilly parts where uh, my dog's not that big. He weighs like 46 pounds. Yeah. I think I just weighed him. So, But, like, I'd send him ahead because he's got his little four paws and, and, and little claws so he could get better traction. Yeah. And I'd be like, all right, run, run, go, go, go. And then he'd run and he'd pull me just a little bit where I could get up these icy parts. I mean, that was like kind of fun. But the farther out we got, since it was so snowy, there was just no people. No one had been there for like a week. So it's just fresh, undisturbed you know, disturbed yeah. snow. And we're just kind of like clomping along through the snow. He he loves being in snow, so he he's happy. And then we get to this part where I just see this giant. It looked like like a a, a, a print that like you'd see from like a like a little house uh-huh. cat, but it was just like five, six, seven, eight times as big. It was just huge. I remember putting my foot down next to it, and like it was almost as big as my footprint. Like, what the fuck? Like mountain and, lion or some shit out there? Yeah, it was. It had just been a huge mountain lion, and. It was it, it the and it was following the trail because like I said this was a very kind of like there were cliffs it was a very sharp um, slope and there was so the, the the reason the, the the trail was where the trail was because there's this one part of it where it's kind you, you could kind of traverse this this mountainside and so the, the this this mountain line had been running along the trail because that's like the easiest part to walk trying to go wherever it was trying to go and we spent probably like two miles just running literally in the footsteps of this mountain line and it, it felt exciting because i'm like fuck like this mountain <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, but it was just also cool there's that that kind of connection to, to nature where it's like oh god like i'm we're like running along you know 
you know, we're this giant predator head. Uh, it may or may not kill us, but we're, we're out here in the fucking, you know, fucking mountains where no, no human has set foot for, you know, probably a week or two. And it's just, uh, it's just me, my dog, and apparently a big fuck all mountain uh, lion. Uh, but we never, we never I'm saw jealous. it. I'm jealous. I'm jealous you telling that story. Uh, also because, quick tangent, my sister, the kids, her husband, and I don't know who else. They're they're out. They they went up north. I think they went to some the southern part of Yosemite Mountains uh, this today, and they're gonna be camping mm-hmm. supposedly for like two or three days. So they're out in Yosemite, snowy mountains, all everything you just described. But they're camping out. I'm kind of pissed off because I wanted to get an invite. I kind of kept hinting at an invitation like to my sisters, like, hey, you know, I don't work, right? Like. <laughs> I can help watch the kids, you know, <laughs> but I didn't get an invitation. Sadly, it would have been fun. I I haven't been in the snow in a long time, and and it would have been, it'd been a good time. Well, we, I, I'm I'm gonna put this out there because because I I've been less than subtle, less than hinting, but um, the the who knows what's gonna be going on in the new year. But I, I, I propose that we, we look for an opportunity if if it if it presents itself to go to yeah. Flagstaff and like check out some of those places. Like I I definitely would like to do that I, though. Yeah, for sure. I just gotta it, make sure I have pennies in my bank account. Um how would I do it? How, would I would I drive? Because it's it's like an eight hour drive from here, seven to eight hours, and that's without weather. I, I think I think the cheapest way is um, particularly if I was going to bring my dog, especially, um, I think, I think it would be cheaper for you to fly and for me to yeah. drive. Something like that. Uh, and, and really that, that would be the cost. Like if you can just get the plane ticket and, and the, and, you know, pay for your food when you're there, like I'll, I'll get the rest. No, no, we'd split it. We'd Airbnb. We'd have to figure out an Airbnb. That's like a, a nice little cabin or a house or something. I'm sure it's cheap. I'm sure it's cheap. It, it, I, yeah, I was looking at them. They're pretty cheap. I mean, I think we we could get one for like sixty dollars a night. Yeah, and so it'd be thirty bucks a night for fuck. each. Or if we, you know, if, if we get something nicer, it'd be like a hundred. Let's to do that. Let's do that night, in the but... new year, though. Like not this year. This year's pretty much like it's Christmas coming up and all this well, stuff. I, I can't. That's 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 actually we're gonna have to wrap this up. But uh, you know, like like I said, my my so my mom's got a broken ankle. So like. She can't. She can't really like walk yeah. the dog, um, and I've got so like I have to be here to kind of help do a lot more like the household chores and walking the dog and getting groceries and stuff like that. And then uh, my dad's gonna be getting heart surgery, maybe end of December, early yeah, January. Yeah, you talked about that. Um, so I don't. I don't think I could leave. So for sure, next year uh, in twenty twenty one, we got to make it happen as soon as your as soon as your family has all those things past them and and you're able to hopefully by hopefully by then they'll have a job <laughs> anyone hiring that wants to pay a motherfucker especially in the arizona northern arizona area or or I, did i tell you i had an interview on tuesday uh, but it's it's in, no, uh, in vegas i had a job interview for some kind of sales manager type position in vegas um i'm familiar with the industry you know Familiar enough where I could sell their product. I just need a job that pays uh, well enough where I can manage a single bedroom apartment somewhere. Um, but yeah, I had a job interview on Tuesday. Hopefully that goes well. Um, oh, wait. Last, last question yeah. for you. Um, 
Because on, on the note, I, I usually walk my dog at four okay. o'clock, and it's it's five thirty now, so he's probably getting a yeah, little yeah, yeah. anxious for food and walk. Um, but the, the the plans for for my house uh, are, are are finished. The architecture uh-huh. plans, and right, so now they're they're with the structural engineer to make sure that the foundation and the roof don't fall yeah. down mostly. But um, so so. In, in in the idea for this house, it would be that there'd be a, a finished apartment in the uh-huh. basement, um, and the f- the, f- the layout right now is there's there's sort of like you would like come down, um, there, there's like a pretty good sized kitchen, and there'd be a kitchen, and then also room for a washer dryer, and then you'd have you know a small bathroom, but big enough where it would have a tub. But this is the main thing. If, if for you you personally and. If you're renting an apartment, would you rather have it be kind of like more like a studio where you had like one big living room or kind of like a smaller bedroom and a smaller living room? Where it had a smaller bedroom and a smaller living room or a big single area. Like, no, I would prefer having a smaller bedroom and a smaller living room. My, me, that's, me, that's personally, me personally. Well, I, I would too. I, I know some people don't um, mind having like that whole four walls, you know, in a bathroom somewhere on the side type of. Some people don't mind that, but I kind of like having like the little separation, I guess. Actually, here, hold on. Let me grab the plans because I could tell you the exact dimensions because I was trying to figure this out. And, if, uh, I, if I remember correctly, and I, was, I had a one bedroom, one bathroom apartment when I when I last left um, Long Beach like five, six, seven years ago. And it couldn't have been more than 600 square feet for the entire fucking thing. Like, it was like, I remember the bedroom was like maybe a 10 by 12. So it was like a small bedroom. It had its own bathroom. It had like a, you know, a little bit of a hallway type of deal. Um, A living space slash dining area that was like all one thing. And a little kitchenette. But the entire thing couldn't have been more than like six maybe 700 square feet. So it was it was small. But I like the fact that it had like a separate bedroom to the, I guess, the living or the main, um, you know. 700 square feet is actually pretty big. I, I had a 700 square foot apartment and it was like a big, it was a big bedroom. I mean, not huge, but still pretty big with a big walk-in closet. Like it, the walk-in closet, I think, was six by seven feet. Um, and and uh, this would be a lot smaller. I believe this would be like 600 square feet, maybe 550. Um, yeah, okay, I'm pulling up, so let me see, I gotta, it would be, ah, this is a little bit harder to read, because these are the actual construction drawings, so, the, so it looks like if I did it like this, it would be a, it would be a, f- a function of having the, a, um, a one room that was either, let's see, that's 12 feet by, god dang it. Me trying to read architectural <laughs> is probably not the best podcast material. Uh, so you're you're like the, you're you're trying to decide which way to go. Is that what you're is that what you're asking? Like you you have a option A, option B of having a ginormous kind of studio like living area, or having a separate bedroom to a like a little bit of a living room type of. Well, I, I, I tried to, I mean, now it's weird, I'm looking at this. I tried to, to have him design it so I could do it either mm-hmm. way. Um, but yeah, it would be like having like a, 
I want to say like a, a 12 by, not, not quite 12, like a, a 11, 11 foot, nine inch by nine foot bedroom and an 11 foot, nine inch by like 13 foot living room. So that's not a very big living room and it's not a very big bedroom or having, um, whatever, say, you know, like a 20, 22 foot by, you know, 11, nine open area. Yeah, no, like I said, me personally, like right now I'm living in probably a, I don't know, I'm guessing 10 by 12 bedroom. But having, like I said, having the function of that and a separate living, like functioning living area space, even though it's not that much bigger, I my preference is to have the two. So I can kind of entertain and have, you know, that's just my preference. I don't, I don't know. Some people might might appreciate a bigger single area. What I, what I was thinking about doing, um, again, this is an, <laughs> probably not the best podcast. That's all right. Material. Fuck, like thinking fuck our through, listeners. They could suck my balls. I, <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, and you know what? Like, the special guest is coming up right at the end <laughs> of this anyway. So, they, you guys, you just have to get through this part, and then we're going to... They're, they're actually... I'm getting a text. They said that they're going to be calling in in a minute. Uh, so, we got to wrap this up. Um, so, what I could do is it, ha- have that separation of the living room and bedroom, but instead of just having, like, a normal, you know... Um, usually, bedroom doors would be, like... 80 inches tall by 30 wide or maybe 36 wide. I could just try to find some French French doors. So you could still kind of close it off and and have it a separate bedroom. But then if you wanted to open yeah. the doors, you know, it would be like a 60 inch. So it actually still would kind of feel like one big yeah, open yeah. space. That might be and, the way to do it. Yeah. And yeah, and this is gonna be your your this is gonna be the bottom part of your you're still going to have your own per- – like Aaron, Aaron Jaffe is still going to have his own bedroom, his own living room. This is just the area you're going to rent out, right? Ideally. Maybe. I, I wanted to have that option. Gotcha. I mean because I, I could also see at some point, depending on what my parents want to do, if, if they want to just keep this, this house that we're in right now in the family, I could at some point see moving into this house and then just renting out two units of the other house. Gotcha. Like having the the, the – because the basement has its own separate entrance, and it's got like a like a little like kind of like patio area, uh, and then also renting out the first and second floor as a separate unit because they they both got their yeah. own entrances, um, and that that was that was just something I was I wanted to have the option because it, it it sucks like sometimes life doesn't go according to plan. I was sort of looking at it where I'm like, wow, I'm gonna not have a ton of, you know, social security and everything just because my whole kind of, God, I, I think I depressed the fuck out of my mom last, uh, the other day. Cause I was talking about, I'm like, yeah, like these health problems I've had, they, they kind of just took my entire thirties, like a whole decade of my life. Yeah. Just, just as far as, you know, bu- building towards the future and all that kind of stuff, like it's just sort of gone. Cause I, it, it started in the fall of 2012. Um, and I was, I was 30 and I will turn 39 this January. So it's like, yeah, it's probably like 10 years of my life. Can we not, can we not talk about birthdays? (laughs) I have got one. I've got one coming up. Are the worst one coming up and it's not going to be anyway. Yeah, dude, fuck. We're getting old. Just do me, do do me a favor, Mono. Even if, if birthdays for you are the worst days, just, this ship sip some shit. Oh my god! Ship wow, some this was the first one. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I, I did so well with not not going to list mode, and then I tried to say, 
sip champagne when you're thirsty. And my mouth guard was like, no, sir, that's not for you right now. Birthdays are the worst days. Sip champagne when you're thirsty. Holy fuck. Shout out to Biggie. Um, and, and guys, wow. I didn't, I didn't want to say I, uh, I, I would have loved to book, to book uh, Biggie for this podcast. Unfortunately, he's been dead a, lot, a long time, so we couldn't get him. But we did get another name in the rap community that you guys would have never thought we would have got in the million million years. So you, you know him from his multi-Grammy award-winning segments. Uh, uh, CDs, movies. He's he's a star of stage and screen. I would like to welcome for the first time to the podcast. Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you. 